Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sakura Rangers podcast, where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerdom in general. I'm Robert, I'm the Red Ranger, and joining me today, we have the sexy, the desirable, the absolutely flirtatious Amy the... Wait, hold on a second, she's not here, is she? Nope, just me. Oh. Holy, Holy crap. shit, somebody else showed up. You said sexy and you summoned Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you are recording right are now. Are you recording? We started the podcast. <laughs> we didn't think anybody was going to show up. We literally just started the I'm podcast. Here. Just a second ago. I'm here. I'm recording. I've been you have been the recording time. the whole time. I'm so glad you have been recording this entire time. <laughs> of course. Maybe maybe if my if you don't hear anything, maybe there was a glitch in the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but th yeah. No. No. Um, Jerry the tech guy, fix that. Good job, Jerry the tech guy. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry. Just, yeah, you are you are totally worth the three packs of hockey. There's a reason we keep doing that. Yep. We'll know about that. Maybe against the Geneva Convention. If nothing else, it definitely is not OSHA thing. Are they going to do anything about it? No, they're not. Probably not, but... No, it's Jerry the Tech Guy. Nobody cares. Anyway, yeah, uh, the other sexy one is here. Tyler, the Black Ranger. Hey! <laughs> hey! Hey, guys, hey. Yes. And the sexiest one of them all, John the Silver Ranger. Hi, I'm John. I'm Silver Ranger. And, um, yeah, it's looking like that's it, because uh, we've been waiting for, like, uh, 35 minutes, and uh, only three of us showed up. Mm-hmm. I just... It's the it's the trio, really. The the original three is here. The, the original three. Yep, that's, that's right. That's right. Yep. The original three. Yep, it was us. We we were the three. Really? Yep. Yeah. There, was, there was not a different Canadian here uh, nope. in place of a silver guy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, there was not. Yeah, no. This is this is just the way it is. So, uh, yeah. Uh, this week, uh, just because all of us are still uh, coming down, and by that I mean dealing with con uh, post-con depression, uh, like you do. Uh, we decided this time around, instead of going and having a long-winded, in-depth discussion about anything in particular, we're just going to kind of go through the nerdy news and uh, just see if we got anything to go and say about some of the uh, more interesting subjects that popped up here in the last week. Oh, that's fantastic. I like a lo-fi, little chill, chill out. Put some put some, some uh, lo-fi beats on there while you listen to podcasts. They oh. might clash with each other, but... Oh, oh, you hear that? No, no. Okay, Jerry. Yeah, you're vibing me. You're vibing me, bro. I like this. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. piano in there? Yeah. A little no. hint of piano? Maybe a dash of cinnamon? I got one, yep. something to start off with. Okay, what do you got? Um, Monster Hunter movie is going to be out on Christmas. Yeah. No, out of nowhere, with every trailer they show off being only a minute long. And the newest yeah. one they showed off was of uh, one of the Pukins, Pokins, the uh, little cat creatures that are in the Monster Hunter franchise. And um, I don't know. I mean, I was hesitant at first, but from what I've seen of very little, mind you, I'm kind of they kind of got my curiosity about it. 
See, I'm not going to argue the fact that I'm curious about this movie, but I, I got to ask some pretty weird questions about this whole thing. Like, I don't... This is a really interesting play to go and make. Because so far, to John's point, there has not been a North American full trailer released at this point. Mm -mm. Right now, it's had a teaser trailer and a teaser television spot. The only trailer that's come out is the Chinese language trailer. And the film's not coming out until later in China anyway. <laughs> So what the hell? This movie is a month away from coming out and they're just deciding, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go and put this out in theaters, not on the streaming service, when most theaters internationally are still closed. And going into what I actually wanted to bring up first, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is now going to be premiering in theaters and HBO Max hmm. simultaneously on Christmas Day. Hmm. Pitting it against Pixar's Soul, which is premiering on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Maybe it's some type of push to get people interested in theaters again. Well, wait, no, that sounds like the opposite. That's like, uh, what was the other movie that I think of that, like, n why would you put a movie out in theaters on Christmas Day? Because Christmas Day, most people are not, well, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe that's what you do yeah. in the evening. I guess, well, I guess that's that, to assume I've, everyone yeah. who celebrates Christmas is not true, but I feel like people don't want to go to the theaters on Christmas Day. Unless that's the thing is you have Christmas Day off and you're like, hey, let's all as a family open some presents or do whatever, have a nice dinner, and then maybe go out to the theater because every day off. But I don't know. This is actually, this is an interesting one here. So actually, internationally speaking, Christmas is actually a pretty big mm -hmm. film day. Big. Just in terms of how many people go to the theaters. There's not as many theaters that are open, but the actual number of occupied seats is higher on Christmas than what it is during most general weekends. Yeah. That's not to say it matches up with like, you know, your Avengers movie release weekend, but generally speaking, it's made a lot of sense. You know, they even released one of the Hobbit movies during the, her on Christmas day as well, just because of the way the schedules worked. Out. I just, mm -hmm. I mean, I just wanted to, I wanted to point sorry, out, oh, no. uh, there was another movie that came out, uh, <laughs> on Christmas day through a streaming service. Uh, it was, um, why am I forgetting the name of the movie? It was, uh, uh, it came out on YouTube and you could buy it through YouTube and it wasn't, didn't go to theaters because it was, um, the interview. That's the name of the movie. Uh, do you <laughs> Oh yes. <laughs> but like that was, yes. Yeah. James yeah. Franco, Seth Rogen, John, whoever <laughs> played him. But that, that went out streaming for an entirely different but, reason. I can see that yeah. it, the only reason we watched that movie was because it was Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, one of the two. Uh, we all had the time mm -hmm. off that we were with our family, as you tend to do if you're that kind of majority. I think majority of people tend to be with their family on those days. And so we're oh, like, yeah. hey, this movie had some controversy, but it is right here streaming on the Internet. We could rent it right now, watch it. It's supposed to be a comedy. We're all a family. That's always just an acceptable thing to do. So that's why I think 
both those things uh, like on HBO Max if you have that Disney Plus pretty much everyone has Disney Plus that one's one of those nails in the coffin you expect Christmas Day stream that you go hey let's watch the thing we're a family let's go put this on the telly and sit there and enjoy something together damn it Jim stop talking about politics you're already three wines deep <laughs> No, it's it's an interesting situation to look at with all of these. So I I don't know. This year I think it actually makes a lot of sense, especially for the streaming services doing this kind of thing. Like I actually think that HBO with on how many people have come to that platform since its launch earlier this year, that's a huge one internationally and they having been a recent subscriber to them. John and I were talking pre-podcast actually about this. Mhm. So HBO is kind of an interesting one. It has a lot of the advantages that Disney does just because HBO is majority owned by Warner Brothers, but it also has connections with a whole bunch of other companies as well, just by the nature of their distribution as a premium platform. So even before they launched HBO Max, the HBO Go service was very popular for a long time, still is actually, for those that just want the pure HBO material. But content beyond that you're looking at what other things does warner brothers own and what have they worked into it i had no idea that they went and had uh the crunchyroll collection on there (laughs) all their original yeah the crunchyroll collection is on there so the ones that they paid for exclusivity rights their original programs the ones that they go and host dubs for (laughs) exclusively it's not everything that crunchyroll does but their big releases are all available high school uh, which is really cool uh name a few mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah no actually i just finally started because i i'll admit i'm paying for crunchyroll and i haven't logged in in a long time because i'm that asshole <laughs> i know i know i <laughs> spend more time on funimation i get <laughs> i'm just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. yeah no but um yeah i was actually surprised because i had not caught up with the new season of re-zero and like literally last night i just saw oh geez the Crunchyroll collection's on here. Let's have a look through. Oh, hey, ReZero Season 2. Shit, they've already got the dub up. So I can go and play Fire Emblem Three Houses on my Switch, and I can go and catch up on this. Because I don't think I have enough attention in me to go and watch Subaru getting his ass handed to him over and over and over again. No, for the record, Season 2 is much better than Season 1 on the masochism side. Yeah, he definitely does, but it's it's not as painful to watch. I'll say whoever has... Yeah, whoever has taken over directing on that show for the record for season two versus season one, thank you for not dwelling so much on the pain and misery. Like, we got the point the first time around, okay? Go and get get to the plot, get to the story stuff, okay? I don't need to go and watch a whole episode of Subaru going and having Return by Death happen to him because Rem yeah. is pissed at him. That that was really rough. Like, I, I'm happy I finished that series, but man, was that a slog that first half. And then I had to resist punching my television and when Subaru just completely casts off Rem's feelings. We must we, we shan't we shan't talk Fucking about this. Bastard. This is not Tyler's anime corner. We gotta we gotta we gotta keep the gloves. You're right, back you're on. right, you're right. I gotta shut my mouth. I gotta shut my mouth. I might go and summon a wailing oh. banshee that looks Rem's right in love, anything Rem she wears like... to go and defend that film. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, anyway. 
No, but HBO Max doing a great job with what they managed to curate to the kind of stuff that they're going and running. The price point's good on there. It's got Warner Collection. It's got all the stuff from HBO on there. Uh, it's been really cool. I've actually been watching uh, with my wife. Uh, uh, Treme, there we go. Uh, a series about New Orleans that didn't really get a lot of the pop culture fanfare, but is one of the best things that HBO ever put out. Uh, oh, yeah. Westworld, as well as now, yeah, as well as all of the stuff that is technically still on, but I hope one day it gets closed. The DC oh, Universe application. That was uh, the question I was just about to ask is the DC yeah. Universe stuff on there, which. Exactly. Yeah. No, just finished uh, season two of uh, Doom Patrol. I love the first season See, on there. I can't, we can't get that here. So, oh. like, DC Universe isn't in Canada, so I haven't watched Doom Patrol. Um, I don't know if we can get HBO Max here, but I want to because I want to watch that uh, uh, HP Lovecraft. Uh, what's the name of it? Yeah, Lovecraft yeah, or Lovecraft County. Show. Yeah. I know. I gotta look into it because again, like uh, Hulu, we can't get here. Uh, if you try, and even now, if you mm -hmm. try to use a VPN, it just goes, "Hey, you're using a VPN." stop and then we'll let you watch hulu i'm like then i can't so i want to know if hbo max i can get here i haven't looked into it i'll look into that if, if that's the case uh do the work for me it's do i'm, I'm work working on it right me. now um the answer is <laughs> yeah the answer right now is through crave you can access a lot of its okay. content in canada mm -hmm. But because of broadcast rules and restrictions in Canada having to do with the amount of content produced there, it is not currently available mm. in its entirety. Yes, okay. That makes sense because Crave is one that you do see a lot of HBO stuff on. And there's like the Canadian one. That's the one you can get Letter Kenny on uh, and a bunch of other shows and yeah. such. And... What, what is interesting is I have seen or I do see here... It is coming to Canada, but it requires that the current HBO contracts with your local broadcasters expire. So it'll be late 2021 before it's available all throughout Canada. So I don't hmm. know if that means rollout in certain areas. I don't know if it's provincial or what it is. I'm not yeah, entirely sure. Canada's broadcast laws are very fascinating to me. I, I do it's, not fully understand it. I don't think you ever will. I applaud you guys for doing it's something different. <laughs> no other country is beside a powerhouse that constantly pumps out culture. So you, you, so I mean, you really have to like protect yeah. yourself, or else you just disappear. So, no, I, I definitely think that's fair. I mean, the export of culture is definitely a big deal, and I can understand Canada yeah. wanting to go and, and defend we have that. The biggest I, border anyone i guess i think i yeah. think we have the biggest border in the world i i be i believe that it is the largest at least friendly border yep in the world what are we not friendly russia and china or i i believe russia and china i think has about the same her square or has about the same mileage on there i could be mistaken on that but i think that is technically the largest yeah Pol politics fun stuff hey jim i told you to stop talking about politics yeah exactly yeah I know, I know. You're right, you're right. We can follow the rules of con on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, but HBO, I think that this is the perfect draw for them. 
they got a lot of people talking about the platform when they announced the Snyder Cut was coming out uh, on the platform. They're finishing that film. I mean, I'll go and say I'm going to watch it. I'm Dang. actually really curious. Like, once again, not... They changed some stuff. Like, yeah, already please, please, I, go, I have a buddy who's, like, thoughts. really into that, and he just shows me every time they do any new trailers or stuff, and, like, they have been doing significant, like, costume yeah. redesigns and everything. So I don't know yeah. how much of a different movie it's, like, going... It's going to look different. At, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I... It, it's weird to go and think about it because just looking at what happened, you know, Snyder goes and walks away from the film after the death of his son. Then you go and bring in Joss Whedon, who, yeah, you know what? Good director, I think we can say. Definitely has his own style. Don't know if that necessarily all came together because Snyder is very dark and angsty boy. The two styles were there. I go, oh, this is a Snyder scene. Oh no, this is a Joss Whedon scene. You could, you could physically see the divide yep. between the two. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the same issue that I had with Solo, except for done a little bit better. <laughs> it's like, okay, you got Lord and Miller that originally were directing the film, then they walked away, and who do you go and bring in? That's right. You bring in Ron fucking Howard. Mm -hmm. You bring in a Cunningham to go and do it. One of the most celebrated indie directors of our time. Who I won't go as far as to say angsty, but definitely very he much made, on the uh, introspective the side in his films. The Grinch. <laughs> that is true. I, I fucking love that movie. Perfect like, movie. I, will, I will defend that one until I die. It's like The Mummy. It's like 1999's right. The Mummy. It's, it's great. Yeah, you mean the 1999 yes, Mummy movie starring one. Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz? Because it's the perfect film. That's why. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. It's the 1999 Mummy movie starring... <laughs> Sorry. Really? There is an inside joke going on here. <laughs> and I just wanted to catch on yeah, with everybody. We're just, we're just you don't need to get the, the joke. Just run with the people. Mummy, uh, starring no. uh, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. It's just, just common knowledge. Perfect film. Perfect film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but you've got the Snyder Cut, which got a lot of people interested. Them now going and premiering Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day on that platform, I think is a brilliant move. Not so much for the future of streaming services versus theaters. We've talked about this. I think the, the theater will survive, but it'll be more of a community thing when we can eventually be a community in those spaces again. Right. This does a hell of a lot, though, to go and take away from Netflix, which right now is everybody's target. You're going to go and see some giveaways with this kind of stuff. Because Netflix is not in the strong position right now, and everybody is aware of it. They still have the most subscribership, but none of their original movies have performed anywhere near as well as the stuff that's premiered even on services like Disney Plus with things like the disaster yeah. that is but Mulan like, with premium yeah, access. But with that Mulan, was bad. Uh, God, originally, like, like Mulan, that's a whole other thing too. But to think, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we, we could spend a whole day that. talking that about that one. Movie. That's supposed to be a different category. They're trying to do what Disney Plus was the Mandalorian, which is doing very well. That was their, that's their flagship, not Mulan. Mulan was like yes. A, 
uh, let's tack this on and make something work. But you, you yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try this experiment. It didn't still work have out. That Mandalorian but carrying it's... that flag, going, <laughs> this is the way. Yep. Yep. Even after yep. the last episode. No spoilers. I know. It's like I'm not gonna say anything, but yeah. I'll just say I'm really liking this new season. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, really smart on their part going and doing this release here. Obviously, I'm going to praise Disney Plus with Pixar's Soul. It was already really anticipated. And yeah, they've got other films that are going to be coming out through 2021, 22, 23 that haven't even been announced yet. You can't just keep pushing this stuff off. You got to start putting these things out. You're not going to go and make the box office revenue on it. But as a good faith gesture and to grow your platform, really smart for both of these companies. I have no idea what the hell is going on with Toho and the Monster Hunter movie. I am extremely confused. What, what they, is what happening here? Mm -hmm. I, I haven't been following it, but again, I got my buddy who has been following it and didn't... I'm trying to remember what he was saying. I only heard bad things, I think. Because it was... Mm. Well, I mean, it's, an, yeah. it's yeah. an isekai. Mm -hmm. That they've They're isekai in this movie. Pretty much. People wanted from Monster Hunter, and it's basically just using the name and doing their own thing, which I don't know is going to work. Which, but I mean, they did the same thing with the Resident Evil movies, and those were a relative success. That was, a that, was a, that was also time. a very they different did that time. They a though. lot of movies then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I I feel weird saying this because it's not actually a video game movie, but I honestly believe that Wreck It Ralph did change the landscape when it came to video game films. Just because it understood what it would take for a video game movie to work. And did it without actually having a video game attached to it in some ironic fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, that is just something that's easy to approach and doesn't require your... What is ultimately a pretty niche fan base with a lot of these video game movies that come out. Oh yeah, Hitman. It's a franchise a lot of people play. Yeah. Monster Hunter. It's a franchise a lot of people play. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same audience that's going to go but into I a movie like theater to watch Ralph it. did... I feel like Wreck-It Ralph did to the kind of video game movies that The Scream did to horror movies, where it is very meta, and it goes, hey, right. if you know a lot of video game stuff, these reference... Actually, Cabin in the Woods, there's an even better reference to a horror movie. Yeah. It goes, if you know there video you go. games, yes. you're yes. going to enjoy I, this movie yes. more. Because there's so many references you're going to get. If you don't enjoy video games, but still just enjoy movies, you're going to mm -hmm. enjoy it, because it's just a good, well-told story. So... Yeah, yeah. But that's like the meta of it. Did somebody say ReZero? Oh, oh dear God, go. no. Oh, there she is. Because if you start shit-talking it... my waifu Rem, there's going to be some fist. We were shit-talking oh, you waifu what? Rem. It's not her fault she got oh, cut no, from I, season Oh, no, I'm still just shit-talking Subaru. Which was a, a mistake. Uh-oh. Uh I haven't finished it yet. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go on to uh, another piece of news. 
and uh, see where we want to go New from is more here. like old, because you're old, Rob. <laughs> Get him! I will cast you into the mirror. While you're looking for whatever to. you're looking Do for, I just need to the... update everybody on Rob's goatee, which is happening. Um, ever since I drew in Rob's goatee for Doctor Strange, he has been cultivating his own. <laughs> it's it's grown in quick and nicely. It's it's literally been like a week. He applied yeah. for the position of manager. He needs a manager goatee. He yeah. does. You do need a goatee <laughs> when you become a manager. That's just how you do it. If you can't manage a goatee, how are you going to manage a work team? <laughs> that's fair. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's fair. Put that on a shirt. I have enough fucking t-shirts. We don't all need... I don't know if Tyler and I talked about this. We mathematically calculated that he has more t-shirts than his height. And he has... I don't have more t-shirts than my height. Oh. I have less t-shirts than my height. But we were measuring my t-shirts in height because I have stacks of them. Oh, yeah, jeez. Well, why don't you just <laughs> be the professor t-shirts? Okay, so here we are. When we're talking about t-shirts, you can stack them in a certain amount. And we get so many a shirt in amount. Sorry, go on. <laughs> we get shirt, certain shirts in amount, and that many amount we measure to be a foot. And then by calculating how many feet I have, I always know how many t-shirts I have at a time because mm -hmm. I had simply more stacks than I was able to count individually. How many t-shirts do you have again? Like five feet worth. Five feet t-shirts. That's taller than some of our friends. Not me, because I'm average height for a man, but. <laughs> None of no one here. I'm shorter than both John and Rob. Are you? You feel tall to me. Cause I'm six feet. No, on the dot. Yeah. I'm great for measuring things. Cause I I want to tattoo my body with measurements so I can just be like, oh, I'd need a foot. There's a foot right there. Oh, uh, six oh, feet. I, there it is, right yeah. there. Oh, I'm so. I got another tidbit of news. What's up? Um, so you know, Cyber the new Cyberpunk game. The one that's uh, never coming yeah, out? Yeah, that one. Well, apparently they played a demo of it. <laughs> I forget. It was like PC. PC. I've read a snippet of it. But apparently it took them six hours to get to the title screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, what did they talk about? They talked about uh, being able to, like, even uh, uh, customize, like, everything down to, like, your teeth. And they're like, yep. the meme was Cyberpunk, preventing you from playing Cyberpunk. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't uh -huh. know. Personally, I think customizing your teeth is long overdue. Um, you know, those people with diastomas, their characters will never truly look like them. So. Um, like, I mean, that's fair. But, you know, I I'm, I'm just want to praise them more on the fact that I'm finally able to customize my character's genitals. That's, old, yep, like that's old news. You could have done that a long time ago. I know. How do you I do still... the teeth customization? The, the fact... Do they have it in dental terms? Like, I'm class five, ma I'm class two malocclusion with buckle class five decay on a seven, eight, and ten. <laughs> now, I want to say no. Lower, but... man, lower anterior crowding. And a posterior crossbite. I want to say no, but I don't want to put it past that. You want me to try cyberpunk, so you're going to lie to me about the amount of dental there is in it. Yes. <laughs> John will let you know I, very quickly. I'm actually going to wait on that one. I have... Oh, yes. Really? I have seen that uh, 
everyone and their mom is if they're doing a celebrity thing and have to do anything with it. Because all of a sudden, I saw uh, Run the Jewels now have a song and a music video with Cyberpunk. So it's like slowly the celebrities are just they're just going to go through celebrities, and everyone's going to have the turn with Cyberpunk in some kind of relation. Yep. I thought Keanu Reeves was adequate. As in, far as star, life, yeah, as far I, as star oh. power, and in life, I it it almost feels excessive in some respects, just given on how good they did when it came to the Witcher games and not feeling like they needed to go and do a lot of this outside exposure stuff. You know, outside of Gwent becoming its own game, I mean, what more did you need? I don't know. Cyberpunk still got me a little bit worried for. I'll be blunt a lot of reasons. You know, Keanu Reeves shows up at E3 and then three months later, CD Projekt Red comes out and says, we're doubling the amount of Keanu Reeves content in the game. It's like, that seems questionable for something coming from a company that's known for really well-woven story-based games. The fact that you're doubling his content feels a little bit strange to me. You've got all of these new tie-in things that are going on with third-party companies. I don't know. I, I feel like the perceived success of The Witcher on Netflix propelled a lot of things forward in terms of people wanting to get in on this franchise on the ground level, assuming that there could be more content coming out later they can piggyback right. off of. It doesn't feel like the genuine experience that was their previous titles. And maybe I'm wrong about that, or maybe they're not going for that kind of thing anymore. They're fully entitled to it. I really like the cyberpunk aesthetic and all that stuff. I really want this game to be good. Like, this is the first time I've been excited to play a CD Projekt Red game, and I'm just losing confidence Do you more think... and more. <clears throat> you know them. how steampunk was a thing? Like, just an aesthetic. And, like, mm -hmm. Borderlands is just yeah. an aesthetic. Do you think Cyberpunk will become an aesthetic with, like, a devout group? Is it already? Not Tyler, Cyber Goth, Tyler! Tyler. Tyler. I'm just, I'm just going to hit the uh, No, no, Cyber Goth is something completely different. Because you need so, to stop talking about Cyber Goth. Cyber Goths. <laughs> they're wearing masks, and they're that's in. Cyber Goths are in. I just, I just like the meme where the Cyber Goths are dancing underneath that like overpass, and they, they always play the different music over top that's totally inappropriate. Yes. I was like, ah, Cyber Goths are funny. Um, <laughs> they all dress similar. This there's like a pattern to Cyber Goths you can dressing, but we're not talking about Cyber Goths. We're talking about Cyberpunk. So I have talked about this with friends, and that there is more than just Cyberpunk. There is Steampunk. There is Diesel Punk. There is Solar Punk. There is uh, Atomic Punk. There is Retro Punk. There is a bunch of different punks, and they all symbolize <laughs> different areas. But Cyberpunk actually was uh, coined. Uh, from some novels and so cyberpunk is actually a pretty old thing and it's based off some books that some people wrote which created the genre the same way steampunk was created and all these other ideas so the cyberpunk game is like the witcher based off of novels and books and genres that already exist um, have you, if you've ever heard of the game uh, Shadowrun or uh, not Shadowrun, but also, um, oh, what am I forgetting about that, that movie? Uh, 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 oh, with 
Nicolas Cage. Why am I forgetting the name of that movie? Sorcerer's Apprentice. No. Though <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he was in it, though. Um. Oh, oh, probably the one where he's stealing the declaration. Uh, nope. Insidious. No, it's not Nicolas Cage. It's Harrison Ford. Why am I saying oh, Nicolas Cage? Maybe Harrison Indiana Ford. Jones. We watched no. that. <laughs> oh, Star Star Wars. Star Wars. Of course, sure. Why not? We'll go with that. Star Wars is now cyberpunk. Star um, Wars. Mm -hmm. Um. God, they just had the new movie come out too. Uh, anyways, so there has been genres of cyberpunk already, and it is always just classified by a sort of dystopian future where corporations kind of run everything. Uh, there is Ghost in a Shell, Alien. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, those would be cyberpunk. Alien is like that kind of like super cyberpunk of like sci-fi cyberpunk um, where they have a lot more. Well, even then, cyberpunk never says there is or isn't alien life or space travel, uh, but normally it stays situated on like a Earth that is overpopulated and governments run everything and augmentation of bodies is pretty popular and everything's like oh you mean like forward. hunger games or divergent uh more to bring the teen uh, literature into it we didn't we don't talk about teen literature enough <laughs> that's more dystopian and less cyber but like what about augmentations Remember Me? and like that's a really good cyberpunk video game that nobody knows about or liked from Capcom, it's bomb as hell. I'll stream it. Fuck, I ain't oh, afraid. I remember that. It's so good. I'll that had such a cool concept. It was such a cool concept. It was before Blair Witch Project and the other game. Um, as far as having time be reversible and you can Majora's move. Mask, Prince of Persia. Yeah, but people act like it's new. Uh, John, you want to talk about Remember Me? Because I didn't finish it, but that's that's like it's cyberpunk. Remember Me's cyberpunk, is it? It's cyberpunk. Yeah, it's, you you it is. mod, it, and it's already out, it, so you don't have to wait. The premise of Remember Me is it's set in a far dystopian future where even memories are owned by corporations. Yeah, so there's like underground people. Instantly It is underground. You have like underground people. A neck thing, like in the Matrix. Let, let. And you can, like, jack into people to get uh, their memories. Yeah. And you can, like, work with their memories, go back and forward. There was this cool, like, fighting me mechanic where she would, like, use hand-to-hand -hand and stuff like that. I liked it, too, because this bitch hated me, and then I changed her memories, and then she helped me. And I felt kind of slimy yeah. about it, but... It's dystopian future. You gotta do what you can to survive. That's yeah. right. So that is cyberpunk. So cyberpunk as a genre already kind of exists... Um, it's not as, it's like, I'd say sec for like, if you want to say that following, that cult following in like a costume kind of design idea, it's like second to about steampunk, because steampunk has just been, has just this huge cult following where people dress up, do all that side. Well, had, it's not so much no more. But anymore. cyberpunk is coming more popular. You just got to wear a lot of like... Uh, what do they call that? Urban, like they have urban style clothing that people wear. Uh, it's a lot more media is with it because it seems to be. <laughs> it's always the talk of corporations owning everything and uh, having uh, technological augmentations in your life. So, and a lot of neon lights. So having mm -hmm. having glowing clothing 
and uh, having technology so integrated into modern day life uh, that it is just what it is. So we could be on the verge of what cyberpunk is, but in a, in a less cool kind of way, in a more <laughs> realistic kind of way. Yeah. So. I, I was... <laughs> I was gonna say, I lived through the uh, last cyberpunk wave when it mm. came to fashion. Back when people would just go and get their glow sticks and all that stuff and just go and wire them into their outfits before going out to clubs and stuff like that. It's it's kind of weird on how the rave culture kind of co-opted yeah. the cyberpunk look that started to go and populate in the late 80s going into the early 90s. And then now we're going and looking at, oh, hey, micro LEDs are real easy to get a hold of. Oh, have you heard of EL wire? It's really easy to integrate this stuff into your outfit. Hey, battery yeah, technology's like, gotten a lot better. You just go buy a pair I, of glowing shoes. I prefer more diesel punk. Yeah, that's one, that's one of them. That's like that kind of World I, War. Give me my hydraulic gear shift operated mechs any yeah. day. Yeah, it is literally World War One. John, World War you just want a mech. If someone gave you a mech, you wouldn't fucking care if it was Lego, Lincoln Log, hot glue straws, and marshmallows. You'd be like, it's a mech. I'm here for it. I got my cardboard out. No, I got my cardboard wants... power armor out in the garage ready to go. <laughs> for the cardboard apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. I could, I could go down the, the row of like talking about all the various types of there are because it is like, it is a super mm. fantasy version of certain areas like with diesel punk being uh they had a whole bunch mm -hmm. of art of this diesel punk that eventually got turned into a board game uh but it is like that world oh. yeah Iron Harvest. so it is like world war two world war one it is world war one world war one world war one and yeah two, it's world a bit war of two. that war culture and like it's as as if you had a tank but was actually a mech so if you had mechs instead of tanks, is kind of everything ran on diesel. Or Frostpunk is a good example of that too. Frostpunk. Frostpunk is that survival game where you have to make a city survive a ice age during that era, and they use steam and coal-powered machines to keep them alive in the cold. It's like everyone carries like these miniature coal furnaces on their chests to keep them yeah. warm in the snow. Yeah. But all the punks always just like high, high fantasy a little bit. I always imagine it like technology was discovered earlier than it should have been. Oh, that's that's an... for like for steampunk and diesel yeah, punk. Like a example. higher integration of tech. It's always a higher integration of technology. Like like I said with solar punk. Solar punk mm -hmm. is like that one where it's all about green energy and like we don't really have that. It, that's like. Uh, if you have those various uh, utopia style things where everything's like, oh, buildings are just covered in lush green and everything's solar and wind powered and we, and we have our own water that filters and we can reuse it. And that's like the whole solar punk aspect. It's the most um, positive one of them all of whatever solar punk is. So I don't know. I'm rambling now. I could go on about this. Take it. Yeah, no, let's Take let's move away. on to let's move on to something that's just going to drive us all nuts. Yeah. Uh so uh the Netflix live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop adds six more members. Oh, what do you What do you God, mean? why are we talking about this? Also, why are why 
because... Uh, Why does Netflix keep getting the rights to anime? Death Note wasn't good. Death Note wasn't good. Yeah. Do you know what? No. No, it wasn't. It was like And it looks Danny like this Darko, one might be just as but bad. not thought-provoking or interesting, and I didn't care about the characters. <laughs> and no bunnies. It... it I, I'm sorry, but why is it that everybody seems to recognize the fact that anime movies, generally speaking, tend to be pretty bad when they're based off of a long-running television series? It doesn't matter if it's live-action or if it's animated. When you try to condense 26 episodes down into an hour-and-a-half to two-hour-long film, it generally when doesn't work. When has it worked? Which way? Like, I know That's every live-action version of an anime doesn't work. Um... Uh, what about the the Full Metal yeah, Alchemist? No, I mean, People like that, it right? It was, it was, uh, it was not really better was, than what we expected it. It to. was. What about Avatar: The Last Airbender? Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that one. We don't all hate it. We just hate the collective product. We did not every individual element of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are some aspects of that that we very much love. Uh, I could also talk about the Titans, uh, Attack on Titans live action movie. Yeah. Had it was like post apocalyptic. I don't know why there's helicopters. Which I thought was kind of a cool take on it, personally. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely it different. Is. It's but, okay. you know, it, I don't know. I, I do actually find the live action Death Note to be somewhat of a comical thing. Because there actually is a really good Death Note movie. It's called Revisions of a God, and it's just the director's cut of the series cut into a two-and-a-half-hour-long film. Like, Jesus, that is a great way of watching it. Because it is just so easy to go and put together. It, it only goes through to the conclusion of the Kira and L storyline. It, it doesn't you know follow what? The, the anime shouldn't have followed the rest of it. Yeah, yeah where, the anime was like... Where it should yeah. naturally have ended anyways. It it really should have. They they kept trying to that's take it too far. Uh, I digress. That's about the only way that that's worked out, and they had to go and get in an hour longer than anybody would reasonably be willing to go and put into a theater. Um, yeah, I. It's not that you can't go and make something like Cowboy Bebop into a good live action something, but when you cast John Cho as Spike Spiegel. <laughs> I have concerns. Poor Kay. Oh. Have you seen Harold? I don't know any of these actors. I haven't watched Cowboy Bebop. I'm minimally invested in this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen... He's beeping and bopping so he's, with those cowboys? Yeah, he, he, he's, he's playing Cowboy he, Bebop? Yeah, he's, he's playing Spike Spiegel. And like, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I feel kind of weird because... A few years back, and I'm, I'm probably talking closer to a decade ago, pre-John Wick, there were attempts to go and make a Cowboy Bebop live-action movie, and they had cast Ooh. Keanu Reeves mm. to go he and play the role. Perfect. And yeah, well, it's funny because everybody was bitching at that point. It's just like the guy from Speed, the guy from Forty Seven. Ro mm -hmm. No, do not put him in an yeah. action role playing a character like Spike. It'll never work. And that ultimately led to the creation of John Wick. Shame on me for going and doubting. 
even then, The Matrix is that like him in a good action. But that was also a film like, that had come out 10 years beforehand and was followed up by a ton of very poor choices um, in his filmography. It all comes back to Keanu Reeves, doesn't it? True. It all comes back to Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, so, like I'm conflicted because it, it really I does. saw Benedict hmm? Cumberbatch dress up as Spike Spiegel and he just had the swagger in this photo set he did but I also am against them whitewashing all these anime adaptations see I'm not gonna go and argue that so. but I, I don't know this is kind of a weird one because Cowboy Bebop actually had a very international cast in terms of what the characters were in the show and I just don't yeah, know that it, to Compare. That's just it. I mean, you know, Spike Spiegel is a classic American character. You know, he's not Asian. Oh, is yeah, he he's not Asian in nature on there. I, it's kind of weird because, I mean, this show is very much influenced by jazz, by soul, by R&B. It, it's a very interesting series with how it's put together, so I'm not... Watch Carol and Tuesday oh, if you need to understand that's the one I haven't watched what yet, the director and yeah I know <laughs> it's on my list. Oh holy shit, dude! Watch Carol and Tuesday. Like get off of this I podcast know. and go and I watch know. Carol and Tuesday. It is from the same director. It is from the same creator, and it is a stealth. It is or it's a stealth follow up Bebop, to Cowboy Samurai Bebop. Samurai Champloo, <laughs> uh, uh, Space Dandy, Carol and Tuesday, all take mm -hmm. place in the same universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, mm -hmm. that's that's the only one I haven't seen it's yet of, of those four of the uh, of his, his creations. Um, but no, it's, it's I'll get to it when I when I hit the first episode. Five minutes later, I'm gonna hit the last episode because I'm gonna time walk through those. Oh yeah, no, dude, seriously, it is it is one of my favorite series ever. And this was before I knew about its connection to Cowboy Bebop. It just got better for me when I started looking into the production history for it. Also, I will go and say it's really fun. You almost have to watch it twice. Watch the version you're less or less interested in first, whether it be the dub or the sub on there. They do some really cool tricks audio-wise that go and connect the two of them more than just the video that's going along with it. You know the actor it. It Sung really Kang? He was in uh, Sun Kang. Well, the one I think of is Tokyo familiar. Drift. He was in Tokyo Drift. Uh, he was the. This is just this is just my opinion, but I feel like he would make. Uh, he was the. Uh, what would you call him? The mentor guy in Tokyo Drift. Uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, and I feel like he would be a very appropriate Spike Spiegel. Yeah, no, no, I know who you're talking about now. And yeah, actually, I could see that working really well. I also just want, like, more sexy male sexy Asian male leads. Asian there was a big discussion about how, like... He really is, actually. Well, there was a discussion about how, like, Asian women <laughs> are fetishized in media and Asian men are always typecast as a nerd. But, like, there's some sexy... Asian men out there, and they need to be in the limelight, front and center, so I can ogle. Yeah. Or Don really, Chan, I just like ogling sexy men. But <laughs> he played Imp Man. That'd be him. Oh, ah, uh, 
I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I could I could only see that working as well. No, like yeah, you I said, he added. Let, let me go through the rest of the cast that we're looking as at in for they this particular one. Placed six characters because there is about six characters. That, yeah, yeah. No, they they have announced six additional characters, uh, mostly secondary characters that are. I don't know. I wouldn't oh. even call them critical to the plot if we're being totally like, honest. I mean, ultimately, it's all about Spike and Vicious. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there's... What about Faye? She hot, though. Uh, I will go and say that's the one character I feel like they probably have done a really good job of casting ultimately in this. But um, even then, I don't... It's hard to say. Once again, it's a Netflix adaptation, so my... Uh, my hopes are, uh, oh, th this is where it should be, right. and uh, this, um, for those who can't go and see me, my head was, her, my hand was above my head for the original Cowboy Bebop, uh, the anime version, and where expectations should be for it. And then he lowered it into a uh, fan, and his hand got cut off. Yeah, yeah, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, to be more precise, I went and put it uh, between my uh, ass and the seat. Because, uh, yeah, there's no daylight. Stanky. There's no daylight. There is no hope. Can you not sit on your body parts? Now, uh... <laughs> Can you keep your hands out of your ass during this podcast? <laughs> Yeah, no. Ha 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 ha. He just uh, laughs anyways. and doesn't promise I, anything. I ain't promising jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. So we we've got John Cho playing Spike Spiegel. We have uh, Mustafa Shakir playing Jet Black, which I will say I'm not against in casting on there, but I will go and say that is a very interesting choice for this hardened former police officer character that had a really bad attitude and felt like something that could have come off of Boston's police force after, you know, the moon blew up and the earth is constantly being bombarded with just random bits of moon. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Daniela Panetta is playing the role of Faye, and I will go and say, based on looks alone, I'm into it. I think this works well. I liked American Odyssey, so that actually is like, mm, okay, okay, Netflix, it looks like you did one that I'm not questioning here. Uh, Alex Hassel, I'm confused why they went with him for Vicious. Like, if you want to talk about a character that plays, or that would play really well with Asian casting roles, holy shit. Like, this guy is just cold-blooded, and I just... I don't know what the hell they're going for with the casting on this one. Maybe it's just because I keep seeing him with nothing but photos of him with, an, with a porn stash on and just looking like the most generic American, not-really-A-list action star <laughs> look about him. Get it? And I don't know her. I've seen this girl's picture before, uh... Elena, I believe it's pronounced Elena Satine, uh, who's playing the role of Julia, who is one of the linchpin characters of the franchise. I think she looks really good. I know nothing about her filmography, so I can't comment at all on there. 
Uh, and then, yeah, we've got Jeff Stoltz, Tamara Tooney, we've got, uh, what is that? Mason Alexander Park, and Rachel House going and playing a whole bunch of characters there, that I well, actually had forgotten were in the show. Like, uh, uh, job of the week <laughs> kind of thing, so they jump from job to job. I want to know who plays Edward. Did they? Did they? Wait, did mm -hmm. they? Yeah. No announcement. There's no Edward. Wait. No. No, there's no Edward. Wait. There's no radical Edward in, cast. Wait. As in they won't cast an Edward? Or it just has been... I'm saying so far they have cast a whole bunch of generic background characters that seemingly will have no purpose in this show. Okay. Uh, for a second there. And they've announced everybody but Radical Edward. Don't say that. So Don't it seems very likely that we're not Ed's getting it. character. No. Ed's the It is a Netflix adaptation. Character. It is a Netflix adaptation. Oh, I know. I know. I love how Netflix cancels their cornerstone shows like um, the Glow, Glow, and Dark Crystal. Okay, Ever, maybe those were just my personal I, favorites, but they cancel those, and then they're doing this shit. That like, resistance was canceled. I, I've heard nothing but that it was such art. Like it was, it just hasn't been done before. That level of digital puppetry integration. Yeah. Really like, okay, fine, Wars. maybe fucking Star Wars. But <laughs> this was beautiful. I don't think they did. And Star Wars is... I... You know what? No. That scene where Brea flying through the library... Fucking breathtaking. Okay. So good. Yeah. They puppeted... Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. But, yeah, um... It was so good. They had new Skeksis. Mm -hmm. Skeksis? They had... They had the, 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 not the zealot, that's a synonym. Her, heretic. And yeah. they had the fucking had like the, chop him up yeah. guy, the hunter. It was so good. Bah! <laughs> it, it had the same tone, which like prequels don't do fucking Star Wars. Uh, very well Decade. is matched tonally, especially with a different director. And Decade, and like, it's nice because they met their target audience's maturity level. It was actually easier for them to do this because the people who grew up with it, great, it was already dark and mature. New audiences, we're not talking down to yeah. you. Also, Deet! Deet! Deet is so cute! Ugh, I need to know what happens to Deet. I have no doubt that anyway. something will come out of that. Jim Henson Creature Works still owns all the rights what to that stuff. Moves? so. You'll probably get like, comics or something like that. I need someone else like to pick it up. I don't want comics. Like someone that... else do it. Yeah. Is there like a non-compete? Oh, I, I would Disney care to Plus? guess that probably there is some sort of a non-compete agreement. A lot of times, shows like that oh. are going to run into that. <laughs> but Disney Plus, Disney could do it. Ladies and gentlemen, like, you will not go and see this in the podcast, but I assure you right now, oh, Amy's face is frozen, like an and we are just hearing... It comes oh, down. It's like oh, a roller coaster. Oh. Oh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. 
Disney Plus could totally just like throw money at them, let them they pick up where they were. The rest of the Disney Muppets, might try to make it a little less dark. Uh, stuff. Whatever. Had a Muppet show just. Oh on, no! I mean, uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a possibility you could see this. The only thing that's concerning right now, this has more to do with Netflix and them trying to guard anything that could become their intellectual property. Anything that they're signing on for original productions, whether it's something they produce or something that they're just broadcasting that they're putting that title on, they are holding on to the international and uh, regional distribution rights for streaming. This is something that's actually proving to be really ugly right now internally. So they just picked up Cobra Kai from YouTube. Now, YouTube doesn't yeah. actually own Cobra Kai at any capacity. They were paying for the exclusivity on it. They still will get season three on this. But what Netflix is trying to do right now, because they're now going to be hosting it, they're going to be, you know, the ones that get to go and premiere it all at once versus it'll be weekly on YouTube. Right now, they're threatening at this point to not go and put money into a season four unless they get it exclusively on their platform. So they're trying to go and hold a show that has found a new audience through Netflix just to an exclusivity deal instead of something that is currently available actually on a lot of streaming services. In the case of Glow, that's one anybody would be happy to go and pick up right now. But nobody's going to because Netflix will not release it. And I don't know. This is one of the problems with Netflix and on how they do their reporting. They talk about all of the records they go and do and on how many engagements they have. But they keep changing the definition of that for every single release. It's a question whether or not these shows are actually popular or not anymore. The Witcher has even come under question with the fact that they did greenlight a season two and they did absolutely no development in it until partway through the pandemic. How is it that you can go and have something like that that you made such a big deal out of and went and said, oh yeah, we're definitely doing a season two, and then wait six months before you even start going and drafting scripts? It seems questionable for something that broke all your records. The Wish Show was not that great on It that really place. is it's... not. <laughs> I'm not the target audience, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if I've never played the game, I, as somebody oh. who enjoys fantasy, should be able to enjoy that show, and I did I, not. I I, I'm not a huge fan of the games just in general. I, I'm a fan of the fact that this really niche product became such a big hit, but I don't, I don't know the backstories. I don't know the complex character relationships that were developed over the books or really any of the games. I played Wild Hunt, and I have not finished it yet. I probably never will if I'm being completely honest here. I was shocked watching that, that something that looked as good as it did, like visually, has no right to look as good as it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Like that part is absolutely phenomenal. That what is, is up the, with this fractured storytelling? Yeah. It felt weird because like, like everything else is very good about it for Witcher wise. <laughs> it is the fact that it the way it tells its story is very hard to understand and I thought I like even when I watched I was confused because all of a sudden I was watching this other episode I'm like wait do we skip something am I out of sync here is something wrong here and then I just had to keep watching it wasn't like it wasn't written in the proper way you where you go 
Oh, it's jumping back and forth. Interesting. It was like a, I'm confused. What's going on? I had to stop, look something up, and be like, I don't know, I guess I just keep watching it. And then it was like, oh, I understand now. And I had to cock my head a little bit. So I get that where it like jumped through this story, but also jumped back and forth through the story. So it like cut a bunch out of it to then also jump back and forth. It's that is the the worst problem with it. The rest that's why it's really weird because I feel like the Witcher has almost all this potential you can see there because of it looks really good. It's has a great feel to it. Oh yeah. It had a very it has a very good theme song to it that people love to listen to. But then the way they presented the story connections oh, was yes. just, it's like making a nice lasagna, but then throwing it on the table and go eat. It's like, you can't eat it like this. What, 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 it's a great looking lasagna. There is potential here. But if you just served it to me on a plate yeah. properly, I could eat it. <laughs> Jim, God damn it, Jim. Get your political shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I don't get that one. Like, that one is still so weird to me. And I'm, I'm just going to tie this all together here because I fear that Cowboy Bebop is going to be like this as well. Because I think The Witcher is the one that's most immediately on our minds. Like, how did you screw up this badly? Are people actually watching these things, like, all the way through? Are they actually popular? Or is this just Netflix justifying them going and increasing the pricing on their plans and producing less and less quality content every year. I don't know. All I know is I saw this happen with Arrested Development Season 4 where they couldn't go and get their storytelling together properly and actually had to go and remix the episodes and recut several episodes so that Season 5 would make any fucking sense. Saw The Witcher come out and make absolutely no fucking sense with how they put it together narratively. And now looking at something that has become, at least in the West, one of the quintessential animes, one of the best starters for anybody. Cowboy Bebop is something... I can't speak to Japan. I actually don't know how much people care about that franchise over there. But for us here in the States, that was a big fucking deal. It was such a radically different thing than we'd ever seen on television. The fact that it was allowed to go and air uncut, you know, granted through the adolescent first year of Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. The fact that that was one of the things that came together and the fact that Cartoon Network, Turner Broadcasting, William Street Entertainment, whatever you want to call it, continues to pay money to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars a year to go and keep that show broadcasting week after week after week, well over a decade, almost two decades after it came out. That is such a landmark series and such an important benchmark. And to go and see Netflix making a big deal about their casting decisions and not giving us any actual content on it, not saying that we actually respect the property that's been made, after multiple fuck-ups with anime. It seems really questionable 
and I'm very concerned for a franchise that I absolutely adore. But hey, they did go and uh, bring us Carol and Tuesday. Almost a year after there it actually know. premiered there in Japan and everybody had pirated it anyway. hi yo. <laughs> Closing... Closing thoughts. Cowboy Sorry, Bebop already had a movie. It's already out there. It's a good movie. Man, I would love... That was like... It was good too. Maybe like... <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of those ones that like actually worked right. That I said earlier worked. most yeah. anime movies don't I, work. It that is. That one fucking worked. Absolutely. Works. And I remember it's, that was where I started like, watching it because like it'd be late at night yeah. and it'd be on the movie channel and you'd just catch it and I go, what is this? What is this magnificent thing? It's mm -hmm. animated, but it's gritty. It's not a cartoon. And that's part of where it's going to animate. Shh. Shh. Yeah, that's just it. Like I said, it's something that is a part of all of us. And it's still part of a newer generation. We're going through the second wave of middle schoolers and high schoolers staying up late and watching Adult Swim, and they're watching it now. And it still pulls good numbers. Still can be, too. It's not the 4 a.m. show. There's some beauty, there's some magic in that, where you stay it's up late to watch it. It still can be. It's like, oh, what's this? It's this late at night. It's, it's the, the witching hour, if you will. Yeah. It's guess, a fantastic. I my first cell oh, phone. God, I downloaded that so that I could have it as like my ringtone. It was my ringtone. That was my ringtone. That, and also the victory theme from Final Fantasy Advent Children. That version, because that was his ringtone. So I had it as my ringtone. <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. I guess really the way that we need to end this, guys. It's just with us saying what everybody's been thinking for the last 15 minutes. The only honest thing to do in a moment like this, talking about Cowboy Bebop, Carolyn Tuesday, and everything good in this world. Go get HBO Max and just go and watch it on the Crunchyroll collection. It's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or steal yeah, an yeah, account steal from your friend. Yeah. Well, steal a Netflix account from your friend. You know, let's go and cheat those bastards on there. You know, go go and show the guys that are actually putting effort into original content uh, some money. Mandalorian! Throw Disney some money, too, because they're, they're Mandalorian. Oh! Mandalorian. <laughs> That's, can we start over? That's what this show should have been about. I, I'm, we're we're going to talk Mandalorian at the end of the season, okay? Let's not talk about anything... I want to talk about everything that's come out this season. And it's like, no, let's, let's go let's, watch the Baby Yoda show. Yoda. I know, I know. Yoda. The Baby Yoda show. <gasps> oh, is there more Baby Yoda out? Is it is it out right now, or is it not to wait until tomorrow? Oh, Baby Yoda day. <laughs> <laughs> well, to everybody listening. My Disney Plus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sign, sign it off. Sign it. My Disney Plus icon is Baby Yoda. Okay, go. Why am I not surprised by this? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the child. <laughs> the most unrealistic Gestures thing about at Amy. that show is how easy he gets <laughs> a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke to end on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, you know where to go and find us. You're listening to us somewhere. We are wherever free podcasts are sold. Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa. Shut up, Alexa. Shut up. 
message shut up iTunes just sign off already friend I know you keep your Alexa on mute and this is a bit but the people are ready to go to bed <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh, uh, reach out to us talk Instagram at Soccer Rangers Twitter at Soccer Rangers we never use the Twitter but we'll respond to you if you go and write us there Soccer Rangers podcast at gmail.com we love your emails uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to go and say. Thank you very much, everybody. No sponsor segment this time around. So, uh, yeah, have fun. Uh, enjoy yourself. Um, not sponsored. You know, try a trial of uh, Disney Plus or uh, HBO Max. Um, or uh, or uh, AFK Arena. Yes, AFK Arena. Go and get that Markiplier. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.